Good morning, good afternoon, good night. You know, I was going to start doing these. I'm going to continue to do these daily as I know that it will sharpen my skills and acumen with regard to just speaking on the mic and conveying my message and putting it in a digestible form for the listeners out there, whatever it is that I'm talking about. So, you know, and this is my second one. And, you know, it's a gauge and a barometer as to where I am. And, and every time I turn this microphone on and I record, I will do my absolute best to bring you value with my thoughts, theories, philosophies, if you will. And even if it sparks something to have a discussion don't necessarily believe in debates anymore because we're living in a time where if you have a difference of opinion there has to be something wrong with you or your values are screwed up or you need a good talking to if you will there's so much divisiveness that even the smallest conversations become polarized to where the parties involved walk away feeling some extreme emotion a lot of times and then when that happens then that has to be relayed and documented and posted for people to digest and for people to continue to have that divide and feast upon making that divide even wider instead of finding a solution or just really allowing people to have the opinion that's what we were given that's what God, that's what the universe, that's whatever the higher being gave us, the freedom of choice to to choose our words, to choose our perspectives, whether they be informed or not informed. And that's not for me to judge, but that's just, you know, sometimes people make decisions that aren't necessarily with all of the information and some make it with the information, right? So just coming to a middle ground of saying, hey, you know what? You might have a different opinion than I do. Let's have a conversation. You might enlighten me. Or you might challenge my perspective in a way that makes me go back and say, you know what, let me do a little bit more of my own personal research in order to get to a better informed decision so I can create a solution. Right? And you hear this all the time. And I was listening to Heart to Heart last night with uh, Kevin Hart and Don Cheadle. And, you know, one of the things that Don Cheadle said was, we're going to assume that. The vast majority of people on this earth want to leave the earth at a better place whenever we leave it. You know, I always operate with the mindset that people act according to the best capacity that they're actually at. And when you leave from that, then, you know, I can't take things personal because I understand that most of the time when somebody's projecting something negative towards me, it's they haven't yet figured out a solution to some of the things that they have gone through or are going through. And I can accept that. But today I just wanted to talk about family and, and, you know, the familiarity of it versus the love that 
should be cultivated within it. And I say should, that's just kind of like what the normal thought process is. And I know that isn't necessarily the perfect scenario or perfect situation. And there's a wide breadth of spectrum from one extremely loving to the opposite end of the spectrum with maybe not so loving or the worst kind of, you know, unlove or non-love in a familial situation. Uh, I had a, I had a conversation with <clears throat> my niece Ryan today. Shout out to Ryan Lynn. You know, at some point I know that I will put this out, whether it's in small bits and pieces or in a full scale, just episode, if you will. Uh, and we had a lengthy discussion just about family and, you know, I'm pulling back the curtain and I share my aspect and perspective of family, you know, and, and just in a overarching context, if you will, just the thought of conflict resolution and the lack of that in family. I think that's probably the best path to take on this particular episode, if you will, or, or my thoughts, you know, grow up in, growing up in my, in my family and you know, my mother and my father loved me and they loved me to the best of their capacity. But one of the things that I realized in my journey of wanting to be the best version of myself and how I'm a father wanting to give my children the best and, and, and love on them through any situation. One thing I realized that I had to come to terms with and approving the abundant improving the abundance in my life is learning how to have conflict resolution without it being toxic or having toxic ramifications or consequences now my father god rest his soul marvin williams senior he is one of the driving forces as to why i am even speaking on this microphone right now and this is a quick digress but you know what my father stood for um, that beacon of light that he was, how charming he was when he allowed people to uh, into his space. You know, he really didn't grow up in a household full of love. And so, you know, he and my mom, it was a, more of a survival mode in terms of how they ran our household. My dad was the sole provider. He made sure that every meal uh, was accounted for housing accommodations we never went without that clothes anything that we need all the intangibles and even the extras he made sure he put one foot in front of the other and he made sure that that was in abundance in our household um, our mother Shirley Kearse Williams she was tasked with and her role was homemaker so if he's going to make sure that the lights are stayed on she's going to make sure that the love was circulated and nurtured through the household and you know, with him not growing in a household of love, you know, the emotional texture or fiber that, you know, I would say I would have needed or my brothers and sisters would have needed, you know, we, we got it in different ways, right? I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, my father didn't necessarily get in the driveway and shoot baskets with me or throw the football around, but guess what? He made sure that I was in every single basketball camp, football camp. He never missed a basketball game, put me in multiple basketball leagues, never missed a game, whether it was in-city, whether it was out-of-state, whether he had to fly, he was there. He and my mother were there every single, so there's no question about whether or not he loved me. That's not even question at all like I, I completely understand everything that he did was his form of showing me that love that he had for me in terms of creating the opportunities that he didn't necessarily have 
And with a conflict resolution, you know, both my parents, they come from big families. My dad was the oldest of 12. My mom was the middle of nine. And going through the years and, and, and seeing and being exposed to their interactions with their siblings, there wasn't a lot of interaction. I know I come from a huge family, but I wasn't exposed to all my aunts, uncles, cousins on a regular basis. You know, my family's originally from Philadelphia. I was actually the only one that was born in Houston, Texas, Sharpstown Hospital. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, with that being said, the interactions that my older brother and sister, they're nine years my senior, they got the summers or they, before I was actually born, you know, they spent time seven years or so before moving to Texas with cousins and uncles and aunts. And so they had those sort of memories, right? And so I grew up not having that and wanting to experience that. But the conflict resolution is, you know, what I would notice if there was a particular, you know, argument, discussion, something happened in the family, there was no conversation to get back to that place of love. It was, and again, I don't have all the pertinent information as to why there wasn't conversations or communications to get back on track. But the fact of the matter, the results were when things happened, there was no contact. And what was the consequences of that contact? Well, I didn't grow up with my aunts and uncles and cousins and things of that nature. So seeing that in the in how both my parents, when it came to certain things with their siblings, they didn't talk about it and get back to love. They just would either one would hold a grudge against the other or a group of them would hold grudges against the other. And they just wouldn't speak to each other for months, years or until somebody fell ill. <clears throat> so brother and sister seeing that I'm seeing that as we go in our adult lives and we are trying to navigate our own personal lives and growth and trial and error. And if somebody steps on the other's toes in terms of brother and sister, same thing, we would do the same exact thing instead of saying, Hey, you know what, Rodney, I didn't like what you said this in this scenario because it made me feel X, Y, Z. You know, I can handle that sort of interaction because at least it leaves the line of communication open for a solution to be found. But if the habit or routine is just to sweep it under the rug, hold a grudge, not talk for months at a, at a time, and then at a family gathering, see each other. Oh, hey, how you been? And it's all back to love. OK, yeah, it's a band aid because, yeah, in that moment, OK, yeah, we're embracing the moments of love, but. If something goes awry in our own personal lives, that could trickle over into already silently strained relationship. And then what ends up happening is months, years go by and the cycle that our parents had with their siblings, the same exact thing has happened in our generation. And that if it happens in our generation, what's going to stop it from trickling down into our kids, the cousins? So when a family should be coming together, we're even more splintered. There's an even bigger rift. And then how do you even talk about rectifying it? Because by that time, so much time has passed that no one even remembers why one party's not talking to the other. Or if they do, it's like, okay, well, so much time has gone by. Is it even worth trying to repair? But... 
hey, it's still your family. You're supposed to automatically go back there. That's supposed to be your safe haven. That's supposed to be your place that you can go whenever the world has beat you down a little bit. But guess what? If the norm is when I'm feeling vulnerable and I'm looking for some support and the family is not there to embrace that vulnerability in order to promote more of, hey, when I'm feeling vulnerable or I'm a dark, borderline in a dark place, I can go to whomever in the family in that inner circle and I can share and I can heal and we can grow. If that's never been present, you can't just flip that on. You know, in the conversation that I had, you know, with Brian, it was just off of just those limiting negative beliefs or misguided values that have just been so ingrained into the fiber of what the family outlook it currently is and if there's never any conversation then how could you ever get to a point of healing and then if you if there's not really a path towards the healing and then you go outside of the box and you find and and not even find but you cultivate organically and through over time you can see the authenticity of the love that you get outside of that family realm you're then looked at from a side eye like how could you go outside and find something that's right in front of you but if what's in front of you is not even putting into action what that love is supposed to represent what are you supposed to do continue to enable that behavior and and for the sake of family just stay there and deal with it and every time you poke your head up, you're getting either kicked in the teeth or a, or a, a hit over the head like whack-a-mole. No, at some point, that's, that is not love. You know, you should never be the punching bag or, you know, have to take shots because a family member doesn't understand how to deal with feelings or traumas and all they're doing is projecting it on you. And it's okay to project it on you because you're family and you're supposed to be there regardless. You're supposed to continue to turn cheek after cheek after cheek after cheek after cheek no matter what. But no, for why why is it such a comfortable thing to strike out against your family and it be okay? And if you try to make it known that that's not okay, then you're looked at as you're crazy or you're being selfish. No. And actually, yeah, I'm being selfish because, you know, this doesn't feel good. And, and I know that in the entirety of the family, continuing to deal with it based off of, yes, this is what family does. No, that's abnormal. You know, and that's not to put any, fa- every family has a has growth and progress. Like that's, that's the, the bread and butter of life is if we start at a lower point getting to that higher point that progress is what makes you want to continue to grow if everything was meant to just be as it is whether it's high or low and just be that it'll be boring obviously if it's 
if you're at a low point, you continue to always, always, always have that. That's going to be a not so good existence. It's going to be an awful existence. Terrible. And if your entire life is just high, 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 that's boring. Because then you don't have what? Like everything's handed to you. And then everything in the middle. So there has to be growth. There has to be progress in order for you to really enjoy this journey of life. It's just, you know, just to to have so many relationships within a family that are not congruent with harmony, but yet and still you don't want help to fix it. You know, it's even a taboo, especially in my culture, to get therapy, to get help. I, I you know, there have been instances in some of my relationships I've had small tastes of therapy you know, and if you want to ask my opinion on therapy, I'll be happy to give it at some point, but that's not necessarily the, the important thing on, on, on this particular message, but it's just the taboo around it. You know, the one of the greatest, I won't say the greatest, I can't put that, but if you are in need of help and you don't understand how to get help, but then you either read books or go through seminars like to self-help, like how can you self-help yourself if you're not coming from a place of unraveling what your own issues are you know and i'm not pointing i'm just talking in general right so if you don't have the wherewithal the awareness to go through that self-work to understand your self-worth and grow for the greater good then you're going to need some help from somebody whether it's somebody that's been through it, whether it is somebody who has, you know, gone to school and they have case studies and they have some success, but somebody outside of yourself and outside of that familial circle that is like, no, well, what we do in here is private. We don't want people in our business. Well, the business is bankrupt. And is it about people being in your business or is it about seeking out the people that can help you so that you can help your family grow in a conducive manner, you know, if you're, if, if the family, if you're in your family, you know, there is not a connection with the grandkids and the grandparents or the siblings and the nieces or nephews, any sort of connection. If there's a severed tie based off of something that occurred, something needs to be talked about. And it could be, it could very well hurt. Yes, but think about the hurt that grows, leaving it unresolved. And then when new relationships or new bonds are attempted to be forged and there's a huge gap and there's nothing that can be filled, that, that gap can be filled in. Imagine that emotion tied with that. That shapes things like me not being exposed to my extended family knowing that I have extended family that shaped a lot of things in my life in terms of allowing people in and putting them in scenarios or situations as a family member that they weren't necessarily qualified for, nor was it fair for me to put them there, but I had to do something to feel that void of the lack of that particular connection. And I was blessed that, one of my former teammates and closest friends, his family embraced me and, and his mom, you know, I call my God, she's a mother figure. One of my middle school to high school, one of my best friends, 
Donald Ray McGill, I always talk about him. You know, rest in paradise, brother. You know, April 2nd, 2000. Never forget that day. But his mom embraces me like I'm one of her sons. You know, at my age, I'm 42. I don't need mothering. But I love having mother-like figures that I can reach out to and have discussions with without any judgment. And it's all love. And it's all about understanding. It's all about sharing experiences. Just because, you know, mother, child, we have different experiences. And because you're, you know, one's been on the earth longer than the other doesn't necessarily mean your experiences are more valuable than my experiences or vice versa. There should be a platform to be able to share back and forth. That way we can grow in experiences and maybe something that I had an experience you can shed light on in my life. And same thing, maybe picking my brain a little bit, sharing some of the things or thoughts openly around what I've gone. Maybe that'll shed some light on some things you didn't really realize. But when you don't do that and when you when and this is just a relationship period, when you do not have the openness to allow somebody else to share their voice, if they're your child or family member, you know, that there's if you don't allow that, then how are you going to grow? You're going to end up being outgrown by your role. You know, if if. You know, I needed to really, really get a perspective from a, you know, from from a mother-like figure, it's not necessarily to, it's not something that I need to, that's really going to move the needle in my life. It'd be nice to have a particular conversation, right? And I'm being, you know, I could get real specific, but then I don't take the, the conversation a different way, but just that conflict resolution, just bringing it, just really, really bringing it back. Like, we have to change that family dynamic of having commerce and i'm sure there's families out there that are able to do that but in the families that aren't able to do that and so much time has passed when you haven't talked to a cousin or talked to a brother or talked to a parent or talked to like when when an exorbitant amount of time months at a time and that becomes the norm and it's okay and it's justifiable like hey yeah, time's going by, good to see you, okay, well, maybe, you know what I mean, like that, that in itself shouldn't be the norm. And if it is, and you're okay with it, then fine, but if there's something inside you that's not okay with it, you have a lot of options. You can reach out, you can not reach out, it depends on the importance of your why. You know, if if through your thoughts and manifesting and creating relationships that not even take a, take the place, but fill the void of what you would like. Yeah, there's relationships out there where you can actually create those sustainable, loving, non-judgmental sort of relationships. I have three. If not more. So you don't just have to. Because you're in a family. That doesn't necessarily. Give you what you need. There are other people out there. That if you are. Holding true to. Representing that love. You know surrendering to being of service. 
putting out there and understanding what it is that you really want in life and really want in relationships, God and the universe is going to send that to you and you're not going to have to toil with it. It'll organically happen. And all you have to do is try it. You can say, no, that's crazy, that's this, that's... I mean, that's all well and good. My, my perspective is not to sway you in any direction, but it is if you aren't happy with the place or, or, or current situation in your life in any aspect, you're going to have to do something extremely different to get different results. Einstein said that. You know, that's insanity. He's doing the same exact thing and expecting different results. But if you want drastically different results, you got to do extremely different things. And specifically on this conversation, we're talking about relationships. So you have to find a way to open up the lines of communication and communicate like you haven't before. And yeah, there could be some fear with that. Either fear of rejection or fear of being your opinion not being heard and being dismissed but guess what if you're able to get it out at least you're letting it be known and you're taking the action to change and if for whatever reason whomever you're trying to repair that relationship or rebuild the foundation if they are not at that time ready to reciprocate then you have to move on and maybe at some juncture they will have a change of heart but at least at a minimum, if you could look in the mirror and say, you know what, I put my best foot forward and reached my arm across that bridge to, to let it be known that the lines of communication are open. Hey, you got to live with that. And you can't just hold the head on the, the family word because, you know, the great thing about family, it is familiar. That doesn't necessarily mean a good, bad or indifferent thing, but that just gives you perspective. As always, I appreciate you just listening. You know, I hope that you got something out of it, perspective from my experience. And again, we can go deeper. I just wanted to conflict resolution. And that's that's that was the key to that was my message today. You have to find a way to, to understand that the importance of the conflict resolution, because if there's not a conflict resolution within the family, then years will go by, months will go by where relationships would be hindered and hampered and sometimes cut, severed those ties. And, you know, we all came here to connect. That's what we were put here for. We weren't put here to be alone. And that family structure, whatever that could be, it could be an adopted family, whatever the case may be. Like, whatever you grew up in, there's, there's something inside of us that always wants to hold on to that family and, and cultivate that family and if it's not family sometimes we look at it as friends but figure out a way to get that conflict resolution because it's not about being right or wrong because if you're right and you're keeping score and you're wrong some of the times that score is really a draw because there's no solutions that's been created together to help rectify our issue so as always sending you love and light and hoping that the universe continues to shower you and your loved ones with all the abundance and all the love and light that you can possibly handle. Till next time, love y'all.